Welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. The live audio stream is available at the Grace Covenant website, which can be found at grace-covenant.org. Just press the listen button. Good morning, and welcome to Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church on this 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. It is good to be here with you all. I am Calvin Sidnor IV, co-pastor here at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church, and we greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this World Communion Sunday. This is a day where the PCUSA and other denominations celebrate the oneness of Christ with all believers around the world. So we are grateful for your presence, whether you're here in person, over the radio airwaves or online, we are grateful for your presence this day. We invite you to please read the bulletin and learn more about our community and the ways, the many ways, in which you can get involved in the life of Grace Covenant. I want to highlight a few announcements, and then there are a couple of announcements I'd like to make that are not in the bulletin. 
Please join us in the next discipleship book discussion, which will be from 8 to 9 p.m. this Thursday, October the 6th, over Zoom. The book is Howard Thurman's Jesus and the Disinherited. Please RSVP or contact uh, Reverend Nelson Reevely if you have any questions. Also, we will begin confirmation classes next Sunday, October the 9th from 9.45 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. on the third floor in the youth room. All women are invited to participate in the evening circle. The next meeting is on October the 11th at 7 p.m. Cheryl Jacobs will be leading the study on God does his best work with empty. Cheryl and Laura Lay are the contact persons. With heavy hearts, we learned of the recent passing of Aaron Cook's mother, Linda Odell, now in the hands of God. Aaron, Dan, and their family, we will certainly keep them in our prayers daily. We certainly encourage each of you to always keep each other in prayer, especially those who are on our congregational prayer list. Lastly, all are invited to Wednesday night supper in the fellowship hall at 6 p.m. We will be uh, having our first program. We're excited about that, theology and film, where we will discuss a film clip from the movie Bridge of Spies. If you've seen that, it's an amazing clip, and we will discuss its cultural and theological significance. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds to worship the living God. Good morning, everybody. Um, could you please stand as we recite the call to worship? It is located on the first page of your bulletin. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp and to the melody of the lyre, for you, O God, have made me glad by your words. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. Once again, welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church at 1627 Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. This is the 99th year of radio ministry at Grace Covenant. Today's date is October 2nd, 2022, and today's broadcast is number 5060. This morning's sermon, entitled Have a Little Faith, will be delivered by Reverend Joanna W. Sidner, Covenant co-pastor. Assisting in the service today are Christopher Martin, Director of Music and Organist, Chancel Choir, Sandra Boiseau as our liturgist, and Reverend Calvin H. Sidner IV, Covenant Co-Pastor. 
Our opening hymn is Alleluia, Sing to Jesus, which is number 144 in the Presbyterian Hymnal. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us from all unrighteousness. We will now um, hear the prayer of confession and say, can everybody say with me? Forgive our faithfulness, O faithful God, and see beyond our apathy, our thoughtlessness, our self-centeredness, and our wrong choices. See into our hearts, O Lord, and forgive our sins. Create in us humble hearts, compassion towards one another, and a spirit to serve you. For in you all things are possible through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Our faith in Jesus Christ as a Savior assures us the forgiveness of our sins. Can we recite the words of assurance? The God who challenges us is also the God who encourages us. The God who confronts us is also the God who accepts us. Be assured that God is with us even now, accepting, guiding, and forgiving. Thanks be to God. may be seated. At this time, children ages two to six are invited to come to the front of the sanctuary. Church volunteers will lead them to the fellowship hall for child care and children's chapel during the remainder of the worship service. They will be in the back of the fellowship hall um, for pickup later on. Also, nursery care is available for ages two and under in room 103. Let us pray. Lord God, may your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Old Testament reading comes from Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Listen for the word of the Lord. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end 
and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to be back in the house of the Lord and feeling well. Today's uh, New Testament scripture comes from the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. Listen for the word of the Lord. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not say rather to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink. Later, you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, use me as your vessel to speak your truth. Be present with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This text this morning is difficult because it talks about the master-slave relationship. Slavery is a difficult topic of discussion no matter how you chop it up. But first, let me say that slavery, no matter when it happened or happens in the continuum of God's history, is bad. But what I like about this passage in Luke 17, 5 through 10, is Jesus uses the context of life back then to teach his apostles as well as to teach his believers today a lesson in faith. Let us set the stage before we dive into the text. Jesus was always in teacher mode, and even more so as he drew ever near to the cross. In the third gospel, we find Jesus teaching his disciples and the crowds following him as well as Pharisees. Last Sunday, Reverend Scholler preached from Luke uh, chapter 16, 19 through 31, the parable of the rich man and the beggar, where Jesus taught the Pharisees that their wealth was not evidence of their righteousness. In fact, it's quite the opposite. In the afterlife, 
Reverend Scholler pointed out. Everything gets flipped upside down. The rich are poor, the poor are rich. There is heaven and hell and a great chasm that divides them. Lazarus, poor in human life, is rich in eternal life and seated at the same table. The rich man, wealthy in human life, is burning for an eternity in an unquenchable fire. Those of us following the lectionary recognize the gap in the text from last week where we finished Luke chapter 16 and, the be and where we start today at verse 5 in Luke 17, skipping over the first four verses. It is important to note that the first four verses in chapter 17 teach valuable lessons on the importance of not causing others to sin, rebuking sin, and forgiving those who sin against us. These lessons are important in the big picture, Jesus' teachings on faith and discipleship. Jesus was on the road towards the cross, teaching those with ears to hear and understand the parables filled with great truths of implications on how we are to live for Jesus, a Christ-like life. Now, in today's text, verse 5, the apostles want Jesus to increase their faith. What's going on here? Why do the disciples suddenly need or feel the need to increase their faith? Previously, at the beginning of chapter 17, Jesus said to his disciples, occasions for sin are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to sin. Be on your guard. If a brother or sister sins, you must rebuke the offender, and if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. The weight of those four verses was probably too much for the apostles to handle. Increase our faith! Luke refers to apostles, and especially Lord, with great frequency, but only here does he combine the two titles. Ironically, where the disciples are canonized as apostles of the Lord, there they become aware of their deficits. Their faith was dwindling. But Jesus did not fulfill their request for increased faith. Jesus seized the teachable moment and provided the illustration we see in verse 6. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the seed and it would happen. This is such a powerful illustration because a mustard seed is so very tiny, like the size of the head of a straight pin. 
On the other hand, the apostles were well aware of the fact that uprooting a mulberry tree was nearly impossible because its roots are deep and vast. In verse 6, I imagine Jesus thinking, come on, have a little faith. Jesus was trying to get his apostles to understand that just a little faith, genuine faith in him, makes the impossible possible. Brothers and sisters, have you ever struggled with forgiveness? I know I have. I struggle greatly. And as the young folks say out there, my struggle was real. Someone who I thought was a friend burned me in an investment, and I swore I would never do business with that person again. It was my philosophy. Uh, uh, my philosophy became, you burn me once, but never again. I was bitter. I went around telling everyone I knew, don't do business with that person because that person is a get-over artist. I was so bitter. I was so hurt, so consumed by the past betrayal that I literally carried it everywhere with me, like a dead weight weighing down and smothering my good spirit. Today, I thank God for the power of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. When I learned to forgive, it felt like a weight was lifted off of my shoulders. I realized I didn't have to carry all of that anger, all of that resentment around me day in and day out. I could just give it to God and God would deal with it. Jesus doesn't stop at verse 6. He went on in verses 7 and 10 using the context of the Greco-Roman society. Despite contemporary readers' sensitization to the horrors of chattel slavery, Jesus is no stranger to telling stories about slaves and masters as a part of the Greco-Roman social world. These stories of relationships serve to illustrate relationships of faith. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron, serve me while I eat and drink, later you may eat and drink? Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? Jesus posed the questions to his disciples, placing them in the master's context, knowing that his apostles were fully aware that as the master, the expectation is for the slave to complete the extra request as part of the slave's duty. The slave should not expect to receive special reward for complying with what was required of their household status. Jesus concluded this passage by flipping the script in verse 10 and putting his apostles in the context of the slave, saying, So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. 
in a story steeped in slave culture, Jesus indicts the disciples for expecting any reward, even the reward of increased faith. With this metaphor, Jesus teaches the disciples that the reward for ministry well done is simply the opportunity to do more work. Brothers and sisters, it is our responsibility to be faithful and humble servants of God as disciples spreading the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians tells us in chapter 9, verses 16 through 18, I, if I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me. And woe to me if I do not proclaim that gospel. For if I do this on my own will, I have a wage. But if I do not do this of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my wage? Just this, that in my proclamation I may make the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. Friends in Christ, how much faith, genuine faith, do you have? How many times have you expected to be noticed or rewarded in your service to God? Is it realistic to serve God and not expect a reward? And if so, how do you do it? There was a time in my faith journey where I was busy, busy attending every church activity and participating in every ministry that I could. Our children were young then, and the question every Sunday was, why are we always leaving church last? At one point, I was a Sunday school teacher, a deacon, an active member of the women's circle, the youth group co-chair, and the troop leader for the Girl Scout troop at church. We were always at church. I was busy for the Lord, and yes, a little piece of me expected to be rewarded for it, maybe quite possibly a big piece of me. I wanted to be recognized for all that I was doing, all the service to the Lord. Then I was paired with an elder one Sunday it was a first Sunday. I was paired with that elder for visitation and to serve communion to the homebound. I was changed forever. That Sunday, I remember feeling tired yet renewed by the experience. The conversations were great. We served communion, we sang songs, we laughed, and even cried on some visits. Our homebound members were so grateful for the visit. And while I was tired at the end of the day, I had an overwhelming sense of reward from the experience. In my experience, I found that God's work is far more rewarding when done in faith and humbleness. Just take one day at a time. Pace yourself. Humble your heart and have a little faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 
Beloved, if you want the assurance of the kingdom of God, all that is required is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus' church is open to all, and if you are searching for a church where you can participate in the life and body of Christ, Pastor Calvin and myself are here to talk with you after worship. We want to make sure that whether it's here or somewhere else, you find the church that is right for you. To God be the glory. Let us stand if able and sing the hymn 517. We come as guests invited. You are listening to the live broadcast of a worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. You have just heard this morning's sermon entitled, Have a Little Faith, which was delivered by Rev. Joanna W. Sidner. The congregation will now join in singing, We Come as Guests Invited, which is number 517 in the Presbyterian Hymnal. seated. This morning we give thanks for each and every new member in the body of Christ and especially give thanks for those reaffirming with Grace Covenant. As the Millers and Miss Wanamaker come forward, please hold them in prayer. On behalf of the session, 
I present Sharon and John Miller, who are being received into the membership of this congregation by transfer of letter, and Kina Wanaker, who has been received into this membership of the congregation by reaffirmation of faith. As you join with us in the worship and service of this congregation, it is fitting that together we reaffirm the covenant into which we were baptized, claiming again the promises of God, which are ours in our baptism. Hear these words from Holy Scripture from Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Sisters and brothers in Christ, our baptism is a sign and seal of our cleansing from sin and of our being grafted into Christ through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Christ, the power of sin was broken and God's kingdom entered our world. Through our baptism, we were made citizens of God's kingdom and freed from the bondage of sin. Let us celebrate that freedom and redemption through the renewal of the promises made at our baptism. I ask you, therefore, once again to reject sin and to profess your faith in Christ Jesus and to confess the faith of the church in which we were baptized. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Do you? I do. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and love? Do you? Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? Will you, with God's help? I will, with God's help. Let us pray. Holy God, we praise you for calling us to be a servant people, for gathering us into the body of Christ. We thank you for choosing to add to our number a brother and sisters in faith. Together, may we live in your spirit and so love one another that we may have the mind of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom we give honor and glory forever. Ever-living God, guard these your servants with your protecting hand and let your Holy Spirit be with them forever. Lead them to know and obey your word, that they may serve you in this life and dwell with you forever in the life to come through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now with the whole church, if you are able to stand, let us confess our faith by stating the Apostles' Creed as printed in the bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Sharon, John, and Akina, we have professed our faith as one body. Will you be faithful members of this congregation, sharing in its worship and mission through your prayers and gifts, your study and service, and so fulfill your calling to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Will you, with God's help? Welcome to the ministry that we share in Jesus Christ. The peace of Christ be with you. And, and also, also with, with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord with all our being. In the company of the upright, let us honor God for the blessings and goodness we have received. The ushers will come forward and pass the plate, at which time you may place your attendance cards, your prayer requests and offerings. Your gifts will go towards ministries and missions here at Grace Covenant and abroad. For those worshiping at home, we encourage you to continue your financial ministry by sending your offering either through the mail, through your bank, or online at www.grace-covenant.org backslash give online. To God be the glory for the many blessings of our lives.
merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Brothers and sisters, this is the joyful feast of the people of God. People will come from the north and south and from the east and west to sit at the table in the kingdom of God. According to Luke, when our risen Lord was at the table with his disciples, he took the bread, blessed, and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This is the Lord's table. Our Savior invites those who trust him to share the feast that he has prepared. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Praise to you, O God, for all your works. You created the world and called it good and made us in your image to live together in love. You made a covenant with us, and even when we turned from you, you remained ever faithful. Therefore, with all creation, we sing your praise, holy Holy, holy, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Thank you, O oh God, for sending us your son. He lived among us and told your story. He healed the sick and welcomed sinners. He shared our pain and died our death, then rose to new life that we might live in all creation, be restored. Remembering your boundless love revealed to us in Jesus Christ, we break bread and share the cup, giving ourselves to you to live for him in joy and praise. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ and that we may be in his body for the world. For your spirit unites unite us with Christ and one another until we feast with him and with all your saints in your eternal realm of justice and peace. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor 
are yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. We give thanks that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. While the members and friends of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church are being served the communion elements of bread and wine, let us turn to reflect on the significance of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is one of two sacraments, both of which are visible signs, instituted by Christ, of God's invisible grace. The first sacrament is baptism. Baptism signifies God's welcome of the individual into the household of faith. As such, it is a once-in-a-lifetime event. The second sacrament, the Lord's Supper, signifies and communicates God's continuing spiritual nourishment and support of believers. Thus, it is repeated frequently. Both of these sacraments are extensions of the Word of God read and preached, signs of the gospel of the grace of God in Jesus Christ, as proclaimed in the sermon. The communion service is at once a memorial of Christ's sacrificial death a renewal of the spiritual relationship of believers with him and with each other in the community of faith, and an anticipation of the great heavenly banquet yet to come. By this supper, we are brought into closer communion with God and with other Christians, not only those present at this particular service, but also with those in all times and places, those spread around the world, and those who have gone on before us the great communion of all the saints. That is why the sacrament of the Lord's Supper is also referred to as communion.
body of Christ, broken for each of us. Take and eat. As we continue our discussion of the nature and significance of the Lord's Supper, we note that there are at least three dimensions of the Lord's Supper as it is understood in the New Testament. First, the past action of God in Christ and our memory of it. Second, the current presence of the living Christ and our celebration of it. And third, the future kingdom of Christ and our joyful anticipation of it. So, when we eat the bread and drink the wine, we remember the broken body and shed blood of Christ on the cross. We depend on the risen Christ to sustain our lives today. And we look forward to the great feast in His coming heavenly kingdom. All three of these dimensions are important parts of the Lord's Supper. If we were to emphasize only the past, the Supper would become a gloomy and faithless remembrance of the sacrificial death of Christ, forgetting that He also rose victoriously from the dead. If we were to emphasize only the present, the supper would become a sentimental victory celebration, forgetting the cost of victory, that the risen Christ is the one who was rejected by a sinful world and who gave up his life for us. If we were to emphasize only the future promise, we would be celebrating a hope without remembering that Christian hope for the future is based on the victory of God in Christ, which has already happened. And we might fail to live joyfully, thankfully, and obediently in the present, in the strength and courage we are given now by the risen Christ, who is already Lord and whose kingdom is already on the way. As the supper concludes, we offer ourselves to Christ as he has already offered himself to us. <clears throat> Having been reunited with him, we are made ready to go out to fulfill the church's task in the world. The blood of Christ shed for you. Take and drink.
Let us pray. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all of your people. We give thanks, O God, for the miracle of life and the wonder of living as we remember the sacrifice of your one and only Son, so that we might have eternal life. We thank you for all of creation, of which you entrust to our care. We give thanks and praise to you for the growth of your church community, for all the resources of the earth, the ability to grow food that nourishes and strengthens us for natural resources that enhance our daily living. Thank you for the treasure stored in every human life and the ability to share these treasures with one another. We give thanks for miraculous healings and answered prayers of every kind. Thank you, O oh God, for your grace and your mercy in our lives. Hear our prayer, dear Lord, as we lift up those standing in the need of prayer. We claim your love and Jesus Christ for the whole world and commit ourselves to care for those around us in Jesus' name. Bless those communities and individuals in Cuba, Florida, in the mid-Atlantic states, and, and everyone, O oh Lord, affected by recent hurricanes. Give them the resources and help them in need. Lord, help them to rebuild. Bless the first responders, the health professionals, the volunteers, as they help to provide relief during the tragedy. Lord, we ask your blessings upon the Ukraine. Fill them with hope. Give them strength and perseverance in this war. God, bring a resolution soon. Where there is war, bring peace. Where there is suffering, bring healing. Where there is homelessness, provide shelter. Where there is hunger, provide food and nourishment. Bless those who give and receive from Feed More. We pray for your comfort upon those mourning the loss of loved ones. Mend their broken hearts, O oh Lord. Provide hope in the face of hopelessness and encourage them to live each day. Bless this city, our community, and the people herein. Keep us from hurt, harm, and danger. Bless us in and around our homes, in our coming and in our going, both near and far. Bless our children and keep them safe from stumbling. Lord, bless the assembly of Jesus Christ, the church in every land. Make us eager to worship, fearless in proclamation of the gospel, and passionate for caring. Bless our country and our leaders. Bless our children and grant us peace that passes all understanding. Bless Grace Covenant, O oh Lord, that we might work together to grow and love one another 
loving our neighbors as ourselves and your community. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's name as he taught the disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand, if able, as we sing hymn number 251 in the blue hymnal, Your Faithfulness, O Lord. in the social room immediately following worship for refreshments and to welcome our new members to Grace Covenant, the Millers and Miss Wanamaker. Now, brothers and sisters, as you go throughout this week, don't rely on what you can do, but put yourself in the hands of God. Have a little faith. Rely on God and his power will save you. Now receive the blessing. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
For the past hour, you have been listening to the worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Please join us again next Sunday through our radio ministry or in our sanctuary at 1627 Monument Avenue. Just a reminder that the final blood drive sponsored by the church and the American Red Cross will be held November 26th between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. That's the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and we hope to have it here in the church. Your announcer today has been John Harris, and the engineer was Steve Kemp. This service streams live and can be accessed through the Grace Covenant website, which is grace-covenant.org. We now return you to the Truth Network on WLES, 590 on your AM dial and 97.7 on your FM dial.